Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out. It is Friday, baby. Yeah, Friday. dog. Weekend is here. It is a fantastic weekend. What are you getting into this weekend? What do you got? Um, a ton of kids stuff, like yeah. kind of normal. We're in that stage where I got a daughter who swims. She has a big meet. I got a golf tournament. I got a caddy for. Her. Man. You know, you're doing the same so you, drill, but right? You're all over the place. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're just all in a basketball gym, but you got multiple sports taking place. That's True. tough. Yeah, we'll be all over the map. And then yeah. I feel really bad because then my daughters think one's a favorite if I watch them and not the other. It's it's tough yeah. juggling all those things. But up to our, we had our uh, news and nine year and updates there. We have an even more important update than Tiger, than Zion, than anything else. We have the brand new ranking of the <laughs> what is it? The, the twenty twenty five class of twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five basketball rankings, and we have a new team coming in at what number? Uh, what did I say? Twelve, three, four, four. I think we're well, number wait, four in the country. You didn't, right I, wait, you didn't tell me that. I thought it was lower than that. Didn't no, we are. Look, I just country? got a text. Uh, that is big news, right? They are number four in the country. Yeah, bam. Yeah. Look at that. We're doing all right. Shout out. Fantastic. Night Riders class of 2025. Yeah. Good stuff for you. Thanks for checking us out, Canal and Bell. Make sure you go to iTunes. Need you guys to do a favor. If you're listening to us, you've been listening to us for, for a while, you can also find us on Spotify. Check out our YouTube channel. But on Apple, if you listen to us on Apple, iTunes, go leave us a five-star review. We've really pumped it up early in the show. We've been off it for a while. Do it. It makes us look good. So if you can do that, that'd be great. Um, before we get to any of the stuff we got to get to, Zion was in action, was awesome. LeBron was playing Kawhi. There's NFL news to get to. Before we get to any of that, we like to offer a lot of advice on our show, just about parenting. Sometimes it's style. Sometimes it's sports. All the different stuff. I have a very, very important question that we need to get to the bottom of before we get to Zion. Um, logo matching. Yeah. So, let's say, so I'm wearing Adidas on top. Sure. Is it acceptable for me to wear Nike on the bottom, or are you a... Once you go one, you got to go head to toe in one brand. Um, I used to be like that. When I was younger, I think it was like a, a fashion faux pas to mix brands. Like you had to stay one brand. You had to be in the family when we were younger. As we've gotten older, I think it's actually – I think it's a little cornier to be all brand matching. I think, I think so I, Yeah, too. I think you want to have a but little variety in your band. The hat. <laughs> the hat. Yeah. The, the sweat. I know. What, are you but going to now, work out after this? <laughs> all my stuff happens to be Nike because I was a Nike athlete. But my point is, if you're trying to do it, right? Yeah. Like, if you're trying to do it, what? God, you just you just called me a cornball on air? You did, right? In a roundabout kind of way, you called I, I me a cornball. I didn't say those words okay. exactly. I'll I got you. There. But you look right. like you're going for a workout. Like, you got a tryout or something? This is just <laughs> no effort in the morning. This is <laughs> right. I hear you. So that's good. Because I posted a picture on Instagram, yeah. and I was traveling with my daughter. We posted this together, and I had uh Nike's on shoes mm-hmm. and an Adidas top. And everybody yeah. was like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, no, I think it's cooler to just go with the flow. Like, go whatever. I, I think so, too. Yeah, absolutely. So. All but right. You, you just I, So I kind of indicted myself there because – Almost everything I own is Nike. So I'm, <laughs> right. I'm very rarely crossing brands. I'm usually right. in all Nike. I'm all over the place. If it's free, I'll wear it. So keep right. coming. Um, Zion Williamson was head to toe in Nike. Yeah, he was. Uh, and he was, uh, bottom. He was wearing a new shoe. We'll get to that in a little bit, but he comes back last night against Syracuse and I was excited. I, to be fair, I am a casual college basketball fan. Really don't tune in until after the Super Bowl. Love March Madness. Love the brackets. All that selection shows coming out this Sunday on CBS. I love all that, but right. I don't watch a ton. I've watched a lot of Zion this season before the Super Bowl because I think he's one of the most dynamic, exciting players I've seen. So last night at 9.15, I, you're not usually watching. I am watching to see how he looks. And, man, the dude 
was as impressive as it gets. He took the extra time, and it looked like it didn't phase him at all. I thought he would actually play less minutes than he did. Right. He was open to go full speed, 13 to 13 from the field with a bunch of nasty. Dunks. That was like their first offensive, bu- like their first bucket of the game. Yeah, I his think. first and, dunk where yeah. he stole it. Yeah. And once, once I saw that, I was like, uh oh, this is, <laughs> we got a, Houston, we have a problem. Um, he was almost perfect. I mean, he was 13 for 13 from the field. You know, he had 29 points, 14 boards, two assists, five steals, uh, a nasty block. The only blemish probably was, like, I don't know how many turnovers he had, but he shot two for nine from the foul line if I'm going to nitpick ah, it. No, but seriously, other than oh. that, it was almost a perfect daggone game. And, look, I mean, when you watch him, he just doesn't look like everyone else. His shoulders are so big. You know, I saw him, you know, just bumping guys with, with his shoulder, and a guy would be, like, two feet back, and he's able to lay the ball up. I... I I don't know if this has been talked about. He might be the most dominant college basketball player. Like, not, not, not ever, right? Cause you had like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and guys like that, Lou Alcindor at the time, but he is in the conversation. Certainly in the last couple decades, he's the most dominant college basketball I've ever seen. Player I've ever seen. And so Syracuse, I thought was pretty physical with him in traffic. He's got the strength to go up and just rip down rebounds Dude, and throw it down. Like he is, he's just unfazed by the people that looks, are around him. He, he really like looks like him. He looks like if like you drop me into a high school game and I was in really good shape, right? And even still, he I wouldn't just physically outmatch every high school guy. There'd be guys that were more athletic than me in high school, but so that was a bad comparison. But like if you dropped a high school kid into my sixth grade games, right? Where like just there's no one that can do anything that he can do out there. It looks ridiculous. It's a it, video game. It was funny. When he had his first breakaway dunk, the one where he slammed right-handed, and remind you, he is left-handed. He's left-handed. He is ambidunctrous. That's my new word. Oh, we just came up with a new word. I do not support that. <laughs> Wait, the, how long? Let me ask you a question. Uh, we how Coco long, went over uh, that. You and Coco went over that. How many times? A new you, word. How many times did you rehearse <laughs> it so you could have it roll off your tongue easily? I just, you know, a couple <laughs> times. That's all it took. Ambidunctrous. When, when, okay. when he had that first breakaway, no lie, I was watching his steps. And I knew he was going to be amped up. Right. I swear to you, I thought he was going to misplay it because he had so much energy. He was going to jump from too far. I thought he jumped from too far. And then he was like, Boop. and like had and cupped it and threw. And I was like, this dude. You know how hard it is to dunk off the wrong foot with the wrong hand. Just, I'm talking but, about squeak dunking it with the wrong foot off unless, the wrong hand. Unless you're ambidunctrous. <laughs> you no, no, <laughs> no, it is insane how easily he dunks off of either foot with either hand. You've never seen that before. No, I'm telling you, LeBron does it. That that dude is cocking it back like LeBron with his off hand off the wrong foot. Like it's it's. I mean, to the casual fan, you see him and he looks and he looks fantastic. But the the subtleties of what he's doing, uh, are, are, like are are lost because that's impossible. Uh, yeah, it's insane. So he gets it there, starts stepping from like the top of the three point line, and then just sails through the air. All right, I have seen enough to make this proclamation on Zion Williamson. Okay. Yeah. It went MJ owned the '90s, right? Yeah. Then Kobe was kind of a go between. Then it was LeBron. Maybe you can throw in KD in the middle. Zion is next. Stop. He is going to be that big of a superstar and that big of a player in the NBA. I've seen enough. You've seen enough. I take pride in this. I dissect some hours of NBA <laughs> and college basketball tape. Right. I've seen enough to recognize a star. That's going to be one. He is a star. I can't dispute that. But so like you don't, a- so I think he's a lock for the number one overall pick. Uh, but you don't think, you think RJ Barrett is going to be the better NBA player? 
Yeah, I think there's potential for RJ Barrett to be the better NBA player. Um, Zion is Don't a be taking the fence. You no, got the potential no. to be. Are you either all in or not? I mean, I guess I haven't done my hours of study, <laughs> like right and breaking it down. Like I've watched them casually this year, and look, Zion's fantastic, and there's no arguing that he's a star. And so, if I'm a GM and I've got the first pick, I don't know that I can pass on Zion. Like, did I just say RJ or Zion before that? Doesn't matter. Zion, I don't know that I can pass on him because right. of uh just this like electrifying energy that he brings to the game. He's going to bring to your arena. He's going to sell tickets. They're, they're, all eyes are on Zion all the time. Like he's just, RJ was the better player coming in. Nobody talks about RJ. Every, everything is Zion. Zion is completely, uh, you know, eating up RJ's, uh, 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 time at Duke. But I do think that RJ has a style to his game. He's able to play the game at different levels. He's got, uh, more of a skill set. He's not a great shooter either, but there's a more fluid motion to his shot. I think Zion's going to really be challenged to shoot the ball. And I know people are like, oh, he makes threes. Yeah, but look at the threes. Like they're really tough looking and mechanical looking. And I don't know that, I, I don't know that he's going to get to a point to be a good enough shooter. You're then going to be dropping him into a league full of athletes like himself. Right. He still may be the best of all of them. I, I don't know. But I think RJ's ability to, to kind of facilitate, he can play. Zion, you really can't play with the ball in his hands. Right. You know, like he's not, not going right. to get it off the rim, bring it down, get you into offense. You could give it to him in the front court, and he can play with it in his hands. But RJ can take it off the rim, off the backboard, bring it all the way down, get you into secondary, get you into play, pick, and roll. Like Zion doesn't do any of those things. He's still fantastic. But I think RJ's got – he's more versatile. I think the biggest thing that Zion has going for him is the similar thing that LeBron was able to ride. Just he's a physical specimen. Oh, he's that. So he's going to be just as – like normally there's a learning curve. Guys come in. They have to bulk up. They got to put on 20 pounds. They have to get ready for the physicality of the game. Granted, there will obviously be an adjustment, but I don't think it's going to be that big for him just like it wasn't that much for LeBron coming in his rookie. You you could be right. The difference between him and LeBron, as I remember it. I don't think LeBron LeBron was a great shooter either, right? No, a lot lot of crazy dunks and stuff like that. But he always played the point. Like, or a point forward version of that. Like, Zion doesn't do that. Zion is always off the ball. Um, so, you know, if LeBron's game had just been, like, overpower you and get to the rim, I don't know that you're talking about, like, the, like King James. Right. I don't know that he winds up being this, this goat. Right. You know, but he was a, he was a magic type of player where he was six, eight, you know, big body could get to the rim and dunk on you and overpower you, but also very, very good in, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, his cerebral play with the ball in his hands and his craftiness and, 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 you know, he had a guard skill set that I don't think Zion has. And, and it, like, LeBron's wasn't polished when he came in, but he always did that. Like, he always had a flair for passing and, and handling the ball. And while Zion can make passes, I don't see him as purely like this, this ball handling type of big physical presence that's going to take the league by storm. Coco, what do you got? All right, it looks like there's some breaking news in the NFL. Adam Schefter is reporting that Kareem Hunt will be suspended for eight games this season. And Ian Rappaport is saying that the Browns expected him to be suspended at least eight to ten games. So that's why they were okay with signing him. Totally. I thought I thought he had to get more than six because Ezekiel Elliott uh, had the six-game suspension right. and there was a lot less evidence. Uh, you had the video, obviously, even though he wasn't charged, the NFL had to do something. So there will obviously, and there's, see, this is the thing I hate about these situations. I don't know. Is there any really, any real punishment that is enough? Like you're going to have some people that just won't, like you could say you could ban him for life. That's what Kareem right. Hunt deserves. I don't believe that. I think eight games is coming down pretty hard on somebody. He already was, you know, kicked off the Chiefs where yep. they, they cut him. Um, and I think this is one of those things where, 
It doesn't justify the action. Is it sending enough of a message? I hope so, but it's not going to please everybody. But I think it does take a strong stance uh, against domestic violence if you're the NFL. Yeah, look, you you have there's got to be some kind of like the the suspension is 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 fine. Um, and you know he he was kicked out of the office team last year, and, yep. and so again you you just touched on like the debate as to whether or not it's enough. Like I'm not really going to get into that. What I'm going to say for the for the Browns is like uh, uh, like if your fan base. Um, and he's a, he's a, he's a Cleveland kid, so that's interesting. It might be the one place that could afford to kind of absorb that. You know what I mean? Because he's a hometown kid and maybe a second chance, but, you know, they're, they're, they're okay. You're, t- you're telling me you still, you've still got like Duke Johnson and you've still got the kid Nick Chubb and, you know, you've got all these weapons at the receiver position. And then, you know, at week nine, like you're going to get a fresh Kareem Hunt to drop in the mix. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, it's actually kind of perfect for them, right? Cause you don't have to run him down. You're going to get a fresh back. In the ninth game of the season, what other team in the league is going to be able to say that to 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 the, the quality, like the quality of right? Correct. Uh, John Dorsey is going to be up for executive of the year if this all works right. Like, and yeah. you know, taking the risk on Odell Beckham. What does work mean? It's just playoffs. No, I think they have to go. I think they have to win their division because uh-huh. I think that's the expectation. Now they're the fifth overall favorite from Vegas Bowl. to win the Super Bowl. Okay, so, so I think for, they yeah. have to win a game in the playoffs yep. too. Now, granted. Uh, Cleveland, they'll be happy, right? And it all depends. Like if they're ten and six win their division, and the Patriots are twelve and four, thirteen and three again, and they lose the Patriots, and if you know, I don't think anybody will hate on that. But I think the expectation is now for them to make the playoffs and have a really good season. Um, Oh, so we talked a lot about Odell yesterday. Hey, he was asking for a new contract. So John Dorsey was actually asked about his talent. Um, you know, what kind of challenges comes with Odell and some of the baggage that's around there. Dorsey said, "Quote: I know Odell is passionate." Very passionate. I know he's competitive. I know he can help this football team. And if you get a chance to acquire a guy like that, you know what? Take a shot at it. We acquired him. Expectations. I hear a lot about that. But I know this. Good football teams, they win in the fall. And what they've, what we've done is added some talent. Now the chemistry's part got to take over with it. Uh, Odell tweeted out, I'm not a cancer. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> with the signs <laughs> I, there I that like he did. That. Um, I don't, I, I, I agree with John Dorsey. Like this is a, this is a risk versus reward scenario. I agree with him. I think sending, um, the draft picks that they did and Jabril Peppers made it palpable. Like you can swallow yeah. that. It's not that you didn't have to give up two ones and, you know, somebody else, a Miles Garrett, you know, something insane. So I think it is worth the risk, but this is what makes this team compelling to watch because no one knows how is he going to fit in with this locker room. And most importantly, how is this team going to respond if they go into a two-game slide and they lose two in a row? Yeah, it's must-watch TV either way. If they're good, like everybody's going to be tuned in to see all these guys at their best, right? These are some of the best players in the league. And if they're bad, man, you've got some real combustible personalities that could wind up making it must-watch TV anyway, you know? Um, But there's always this equation. or this scale, right? And if your trouble or, you know, outweighs your talent, then you're not worth it. Um, if your production outweighs your problems, then you are worth it. You know what I mean? And so at every level, coaches and general managers and people who are running teams are trying to weigh this out, man. If a kid is good enough, and I know it's not fair, you know, like things, things aren't always even, but they're usually fair. If you provide way more production than, than you provide trouble, like they're going to sign you or you're going to play on that team. Like and then when that 
when that balance starts to, you know, like, like change and you get older as a player and you're not producing at the same level and you're still, you know, you still got all these problems and the headaches are, are, are what they were, then you're not worth it anymore. But they're always, teams are always taking a swing at talent like o- Odell Beckham. I, I think too, different teams have different scales and different weights. Sure. Like, hey, how good does he have to be versus how much trouble is he worth? Right. I will say this, and this is be the word of caution. I'm all in on the Browns. I love what they're doing. Love shooting for the moon. Love going for the Super Bowl. When was the last time a team won a championship with a player that was a distraction, a character issue, a diva, you know, whatever terms there were? It would probably, and Coca hit me up on this because we were debating this before the show, probably the Seahawks. And the Seahawks were good. And Pete Carroll embraced all the big personalities. They had Marshawn Lynch. Maybe wouldn't talk to the media. Richard Sherman's out there yelling at everybody after games. Like they had a lot of big personalities and the risk was worth it. And I think it takes a special coach. And that's what we don't know about Freddie Kitchens. How does he manage these egos? Because that's a big factor in some of these risk reward players. How do you manage them? And how do you make the problems as minimal as they can be? Because they're going to be there. But how do you how do you deal with that? So I think it's fair. I th- it's tough because the Patriots win so much, and they never have any of those guys. So it's kind of – They did have like, Randy Moss, but the guys that they get that work, they get them to fall in line. You know, like Ocho Cinco didn't work out. So right. Not around. Right. So they've taken other guys that they've taken risks on, and if they don't fall in line to the Patriot way, they're out of there. And Randy Moss was really able to kind of rehab his image, and he fell in line yeah. and worked hard, and they went undefeated with him. I think I think it's fair to say, like, if you have a team with all of that personality and all of that ego, that the shelf life for that team is less than one that has a bunch of like, you know, relatively even keeled dudes, right? Like, yep. you, 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 what you have to be able to do is capitalize on that window uh, while it's open because it's going to be a shorter window. So, you know, you don't have the time for Freddie Kitchens to not be the guy there. You right? No, like that has to. You have to hop off the bus. Ready to play and, and, and start racking up wins and capitalize like in the, into the Seahawks point, right? Like that throw in the pass on what was it? Fourth down when you could have punched it in with Marshawn. Like yep. you let one go. And you look, think you've got all this time and now you, you're, you know. Well, also, I think what happened with that is then you saw the, uh, repercussions of having some big personality. Right. Because that team really fell apart since that moment. They couldn't handle the adversity, call each other out, start yep. pointing fingers. Uh, so they got to that. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So I wanted to get back into Zion just a little bit because one of the things I was tuning in for was obviously the dunks, the steals, the energy, all of that. But I was curious to see what shoes he's going to wear. Really? Is he going to wear yeah. the PG 2.5s again <laughs> or is he going to roll with something different? So here's the kicker. Not only does it come out in Kyrie 4s, but they actually, like Nike sent representatives to Durham, North Carolina, had them sit down with Zion, find out what went wrong. Then they went to China, redesigned the Kyrie Force specifically for his, I guess, skill set. You know, like, cause yeah. he's such a unique athlete. The right. force, the G-forces, whatever you want to call it, that are going yeah. on there. I and they it. made those custom for him. Um, that, that says all that you need to know. Yeah. What other player in the history, like, of the game would Nike have made those kind of accommodations for? I will give you a little story. Huh. Now, they didn't make this type of accommodations, but this was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, Charlie Ward, when he was uh-huh. his senior season, we were playing for the national championship. We had a game at the Meadowlands. It was the kickoff classic. Sure. Uh, and he was kind of making this Heisman campaign and they sent him some shoes early. Now they weren't custom made for Charlie, but they were re- before anybody else in the team sure. could have them. Before any kid in the, you know, could buy them at the store, they had Charlie. I thought that was pretty What cool. one, what shoes were they? Cause I could see they that. Were a long time ago. Like, were those, those Dion's? Were those Dion's with the strap across yeah, the top? Yeah, yes, they, they were. I remember they them wearing those. The yeah. Top. You're right about um, that. He had them before anybody did. And I thought that was cool. This is off the charts. Look, that happens, man. Like, I'd play in foam posits in college. I was no Charlie Ward, but like, I'd have those before other guys on the team would have them or yeah. like, you know, that happens. But when you're talking about flying to China, um, to have his like Kyrie specifically engineered for for like the 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 G forces or the force with which Zion plays like that is a whole nother step of catering to somebody and it should tell you just how valuable my man is like he is really I, I mean aside from LeBron and and maybe even I mean LeBron was heralded as like people were salivating at the chance to get LeBron there has been no comparison other than that no he's coming out even, of college there's no, none there's no other close. comp nope not even there I think it speaks volumes to a couple things one. How was, Nike was worried about what happened with the, the PGs when yeah. they ripped apart on them, so they had to make sure it was secure. And I also think this is just part of the recruiting process yes. because they are going to back up. I mean, he's going to secure $100 million from Nike. It would not surprise me at all. I think he gets his own And shoe. you're saying he's signature shoe off the bat. Off the bat. First time we've seen since LeBron. I'm telling you. He might be right. His. I look, I, get it. I, I doubt. I doubted it. I still, there's still part of me that, that has reservations, but you might be right. All right. I've never seen anything like it. So his dunks were off the charts. That was everybody's talking about that. His shoes they were talking about, but there's also a little bit of controversy because Frank Howard, who plays for Syracuse, after uh, Zion was gunning through the lane, he's running the other way, and Frank Howard just couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. Had that little opportunity. See, uh, Watch the foot. All right, 23 uh, right there on yep. your video. Oh, yeah. Gives him that little little stick out the again. last second. Yeah, that's about as guilty as you're going to get. Correct. Uh, what's scary for me is that you can totally picture it almost happening, where if he would have stepped on his foot and rolled it, like, uh-oh, there goes his ankle. Yeah. I don't think it's a good look, but I also don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I think he'll get, I think, you know, and Beheim came out and defended his player, which I'm okay with him right. defending his guy. But what's really going to happen? He's not going to get suspended. It's, nothing's going to happen. It's just, it looks bad. You got lucky. Yeah. You got lucky that yeah. you didn't, that he didn't fall and like, you know, like hit his face on the floor or roll that ankle or twist, you know, twist his knee. Like you, you got really lucky. That was a really stupid thing to do. Trust me. I've done a lot of stupid things. So right. I know that's one of those where you're like, in the moment. As it's happening, you're doing it and you're like, this isn't a good idea. Right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're, this, this is not going to end well. And then you got away with it. Um, he gave him the old, oh, like, oh, oh, my bad. My oh, bad. Oh, yeah. I you got could, you. Cause he's telling himself the whole time it's happening. Don't do that. Don't do that. And your right. foot's already out there. Right. Right. Like, and it was probably just knee jerk. I don't know that that was something that he came into the game saying he was going to do, no, but I he took, he that. took a shot at the kid and you're lucky, uh, for whatever it was, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Frank you're lucky. Howard. You're lucky he didn't yeah, really it didn't look premeditated. It looked like, oh, I'm in this spot. Let me just see if I can mix him up a little bit. Correct. That's the Zion effect. Cause he's going to have 18 cameras on him and everything he does. If you mess with him, you're going to get caught. Now, I heard a lot of people like they were, they were, uh, likening it to the, to the situation with Grayson a couple years ago and saying Grayson got suspended by Duke and this and that. The difference for me is that Grayson had a laundry list of like, uh, of instances like this and, yeah. and, and he was having like meltdowns. Like, right. you know, there was clearly something going on with him emotionally that, that, that Duke felt like they need to get in check. Like this is an isolated incident for this kid. It was stupid. Um, you know, hopefully he Grayson regrets it. Was a serial tripper. A serial tripper. He probably. was. So you had to lay down the law pretty yeah. hard. Now, if this kid all of a sudden does it again, yeah. it becomes a problem, then yeah, suspend right. him. But that one, I'm not coming down on him too hard. 
Uh, Tiger Woods is in action mm-hmm. at TPC Sawgrass. He's, uh, Sawgrass. He is still two under on the day through six after he birdied 12 and 13 back to back. Um, I think he's exactly where he needs to be. I do think this is the fifth major. I think he wants it. I think it's one of the most competitive events that the PGA has on the tour. It's one of the best venues. The biggest purse. 17. Biggest purse yeah. on the tour. So I absolutely think he wants it. Um, you know, Coco was asking before the show, our producer, we were having, like, are you disappointed with Tiger's start? Nope. I think he's, ex- he was in 35th place yesterday. I think as long as he hovers around, I'd, ideally, I'd love to see him somewhere in the mix on Sunday afternoon yeah. where he at least sniffs the top of the leaderboard. Um, but again, it's all about the masters, the majors. And I like what I'm seeing out of him, especially considering he pulled out of Arnold Palmer event with this neck injury. So yeah. I'm just glad that he looks healthy and he looks like he can compete. I am unrealistically disappointed. Really? So well, you had this expectation just, of, I, I hoped that he would come out and, and be on fire. It's unrealistic completely, 100%. So like, I do think he's right where he should be, kind of like you, right? Like, he's, he's, there's some moments where he's putting some stuff together. He's right around it. Um, but there's been some inconsistencies in some of it. And for a guy who hasn't played, you know, in a week or so and he had to pull out and it's early in the season, like you expect that. Like I think he's kind of true to form. So if he can continue to trend kind of like last year where he's going to, you know, get better as he plays more and get more consistent, you know, I think we could see something pretty cool happen this year. But like honestly, like I'm, I'm always tuned in to pull for Tiger. So I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't a little disappointed, you know, but it was unrealistic to have those expectations to begin with. So how about this? He's played three events this year. He finished tied for 20th, tied for 15th, and tied for 10th. I'd say that's a pretty solid That's pretty start. good. You made the cuts. You've kept yourself. And then I get it. There weren't many where he was in contention on Sunday right. afternoon. But he's still he's – still, he's getting. I think at this age, too, I think it takes a little time to get up to speed, to get in shape of playing. Correct. People laugh say, what is golf? It is a grind. you got to go four rounds. you got to put up you know good, solid numbers. The mental focus, you have to get in shape mentally. Yeah. I think all of that is a process, and I think he's exactly where he needs to be. You know who may not be where he needs to be? It's Phil Mickelson. It has nothing to do with uh, anything on the golf course because he has been, and I think the tentacles of this Operation Varsity Blues with this admission scandal that's taken the country by storm, everybody's talking about it. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like if they really started digging around, I think you're going to hear more names, more famous people, more people with money that have the ability Mm -hmm. to do this. Now, I did think it was interesting because Phil comes out, and it really hadn't been reported at all, and his tweet said, our family, along with thousands of others, yeah, so just like, put yeah, that out there. Yeah, everybody else, <laughs> as we were all just one of a thousand, yeah. used Rick Singers, that's the mastermind, his company, to guide us through the college admission process. We are shocked by the revelations of these events. Obviously, we were not part of this fraud. Our kids would disown us if we ever, ever tried to interfere. I hope he's right. Like, I would love, I actually think that's the way it should be. Like, your kids would be ticked off if you did try to step in. Do I believe him necessarily? No, especially when he's been yeah, linked to uh, some stock scandals before. I, say, I don't know how obvious that is to anybody. Like, I don't know how obvious it is. And the, most people came out, like the comments, the reply section, like right away were like, why would you deny it if you didn't have anything to do with it? Correct. Like, just let it play out. I'm sure his PR people, he would tell you, we just want to get out in front of it so that it, you know when it comes out, it's not a shock. I still think it does look like you're guilty by association, especially when you say, along with thousands of others, like, hey, Language. everybody was doing it, so we just got swept right. up into it. It's one of those things, man, Phil. I, like, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Phil now than I kind of ever been. When I, when they were, when I was younger, I felt like you had to choose. Right, like I did, like I, I just felt like you had to choose Tiger or Phil. I don't know, and so I was Team Tiger. That was right? too. And yep. so, uh, but I do like Phil. I, I I like him. I think he's got more personality than I thought. Like, um, but this is this is one of those where like 
why is your name always linked to something shady? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it's coincidence. I don't know. But, like, generally when there's smoke, there's fire. Like, you know, like, it's a weird look, Bill. And you coming out trying to get ahead of it is what people do when they're trying to, like, you know, trying to put something to rest. Like, you're ahead of it. Like, otherwise, you just react and be like, dude, get 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 the heck out of here. Like, we didn't, we didn't do that. Exactly. So I think, you know, again, we'll keep an eye on this Operation Varsity Blues. But I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I think you'll see a lot more names come out uh, when we go. All right, welcome back, Kenel and Bell. Uh, so the NBA was in action last night, and though everybody I think was watching Zion Williamson yeah. over that. Uh, but LeBron and the Lakers were taking on the Raptors in Toronto. So a couple interesting things that occurred there. Curious to hear your opinion on this because LeBron, I guess, hosted a party okay. uh, the night before the game. Is that usual, typical? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like especially yep. in a bigger market, maybe yeah. Canadian, you know, different countries looking to do something. What would the party be for? Do you know, like for the fellas, or is it like a corporate sponsored party? Event? The party would be like. We host it with like whatever, whatever the club is or the, the, the and then it's just a hangout. And yeah, and the guys go and we hang out, we drink, we eat, and we, we, and then, and, and you get a little check because they use your name that night. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's a great thing. Works. Too. Yeah. Uh, and you know what else helps if you get Kawhi Leonard to come hang with you? Correct. You guys can talk about potential future yeah. that you have, uh, in LA together. After the game, this is what I was referring to, uh, before we took the break. LeBron is seen telling Kawhi, quote, we'll be in touch. And I think all the uh, Twitter sleuths who are out there trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, what's he doing? I think this is nothing more than catch you later, like see ya, like nothing uh, more than that. You what, think it is? We'll, we'll be in touch. It's like we'll come with an offer. We'll be in touch is different than, Leo, dog, I'll holler at you later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a casual way to do that. It's like, hey, my man, I'm going to hit you up. In a, I'm going to hit you up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be in touch is like a, a collective, <laughs> like, our people will get with your people. Let's figure this out type of deal. So you're thinking it is going to hit He's going to put the full court press on. Correct. It. Correct. Uh, if you're Kawhi. He's had a really successful season in Toronto. It seems like he's happy there. It, the reports have been that he's taken the Lakers off the table. I don't know if you believe those reports or not. I think it always depends on what the offer is when it comes time to actually sign on the dotted line. Do you think Kawhi would be better suited to stay put with Toronto where he's kind of found this niche? Or do you think you'd be open to shopping around? Um, it, that's a tough question because, you know, whatever winds up happening in LA, is going to completely change the landscape of what they have there, right? So without me knowing what that looks like, yep. it's kind of hard for me to say whether L.A. would be a better destination for him. I do think they've done a really, really good job in Toronto of, of uh, you know, finding pieces that kind of complement. They've got a, they've got a really uh they've got a really deep team which allows them to kind of rest him and err on the side of caution which i think was something that that he had a grievance with the spurs about um they've really monitored his 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 minutes and his total games played um so they've made their case they've done all that they could do they went out and they got mark Gasol at the deadline like they've made their case to keep Kawhi. we're gonna build this thing around you um they're as viable as anybody in the eastern conference so that's got to be appealing you've still got to go through golden state in the western conference right um unless you know kevin durant winds up leaving but there's always a draw and a pull from your home right or from your your area and i know he's a he's a southern california kid the lakers are you know they're only a couple places where your home team like speaks to you to the degree that like the lakers and the knicks do do you know what i mean like miami heat are great they're a bunch of heat fans but that brand isn't like the Lakers, do you right. know what I mean? Or the Knicks or the Giants or the Yankees. And so I think the Lakers are that kind of brand. He probably grew up revering a lot of Lakers, and I think there's going to be a real pull. Don't know at the end of the day that he winds up going there, but when you ask me about Toronto being, yeah, I think Toronto's probably a really good fit because everything's already in place there. 
and he's the star. Right. So that's now. Let's do it. But I think there's going to be a tough, a tough pull for him to come back to either the Clippers or the Lakers. You know what else I think plays into the conversation? How do they do this season in the playoffs? Like if they for get sure. to the finals and they're close, I think that makes it tougher on Kawhi to yep. leave. You know, ultimately everybody's going to do what they want to do, but I think that makes that decision that much tougher uh, if he does. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. I think I might have to get the arm warmed up. Okay. I gotta start making we go. a get little bit. Like a little, uh... Because no one wants to play quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. It, it hurts me to see where this franchise is. Grew up a Dolphins fan. Dan Marino was my guy. My dad worked with the team. So I grew up just, that was my team. Sure. To see the depths with what they've fallen in the last decade has been atrocious. They've been through a ton of coaches, haven't made the playoffs in forever. They have been one of the worst franchises in the National Football League, and yet nobody talks about them because I don't think anybody feels sympathy for them because they get to live in South Florida. Right. Like, ah, you know, like Cleveland, it's kind of easy to kick them. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're bad and you have to live in Cleveland. <laughs> That's not the best <laughs> setup that you're going to have out there. Hey. So the Dolphins have reportedly, they've been after Tyrod Taylor. He says thanks but no thanks and goes to play for the Chargers as a backup. Teddy Bridgewater, we reported, we talked about, and we didn't report it, we talked about it the other day, that he was going to return to New Orleans before it was signed on the dotted line. So the Dolphins, they lost out on Tyrod Taylor. They see Nick Foles get signed. You know, some of these other quarterback signings right. are taking place, and they're like, uh-oh, let's get Teddy back in here. They bring him back to the facility. I'm sure they make him a pretty nice offer, and Teddy Bridgewater says the same thing as Tyrod Taylor, says thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go wait my turn for less money and wait for Drew Brees. It is not a good look for the Miami Dolphins. Terrible look for the Dolphins. Awful. But I think it was the right play for Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, me too. And at the end of the day, probably the right move for the Dolphins. Right? Like, all right, Teddy, you can come here. Whoever's taking snaps from under center for the Dolphins might die this year. Like, <laughs> they're that bad. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And then the team's not going to be very good. And if you're, if you're the Dolphins, and I know like publicly it's a hard pill to swallow for your fan base. We don't want to be good this year. I, I want the quarterback, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I want the quarterback that represents the absolute least amount of wins that I could possibly get. And Teddy Bridgewater could get you some wins. Like, I don't, you know, he's not Peyton Manning or, or, or Drew, Drew Brees or, 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 uh, Tom Brady, but he represents some wins. Give me one of the guys, like, I don't know who's on their roster now. Like, give me one of those six picks, like six round picks that's like third on the depth chart. Right. Or, or, Filler. give me something like that. that. Was. Just, just yeah, hold the jersey up this year, please. Let us be as bad as we can. What's the, what's the, oh, Tiger. Tiger on 17 ah. on the Island Green. Tiger Woods, as we speak. <laughs> That just it's took the, all this sale. It took all the wind out of my sails. You were on a good run there, too. Tiger Woods is on the 17th green. We have it up here live in the studio. Tiger Woods hit just a little bit long, and as you've seen, hit the green, could not hold the green, bounces off into the water. So he's going to take, uh, at the very least, probably a bogey and maybe worse, depending on what he does with his drop. Up. Back to my thought. Be yeah. bad. Get, get yourself a franchise-changing quarterback in the next couple drafts if you can. There's yeah. no give your coach the new coach. What's his name? Flores. Yep. Yeah. Give him a little bit of time. Understand that you're going to be bad this year. Let him build a little bit of culture, and then worry about winning once you get your quarterback. I have a scenario for you. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, when the Bears traded up for uh, Trubisky, mm-hmm. no one saw that coming. I was like, "Whoa, what? Where did this come from?" Right. I know everybody thinks Kyler Murray is going number one, and. I don't think the Dolphins have enough to get up to number one, but I could see nobody offering the Cardinals what they want. Right. And so they would just stay with Josh Rosen. So then you've got the 49ers. They don't need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Then you have the Jets don't need a quarterback. Then you have the Raiders who do need a quarterback, and I think they would take Kyler Murray. My point being, I did a mock draft for CBS Sports HQ. Right. Right right here, uh, 24 hours a day. Um, I think there's a scenario, and I think it would be crazy and far-fetched, but I would love to see it happen, where the Dolphins, who are desperate – or a quarterback could trade up to the three spot 
right in front of the Raiders to try to get and nab Teddy. Uh, excuse me, Kyler Murray. Which then uh, that would be your guy. Would be I would be guy. a little concerned for Kyler Murray because there's not a lot of weapons on that team. The right. roster, it's a little bit of a mess. But if you're just hiring a new staff, why not go out and get your quarterback? And I think Stephen Ross, the owner, wants to make a splash. I think he's always been kind of the celebrity owner. Remember sure. the celebrities? Yep. He would sell ownerships. Mm-hmm. So they could walk the orange carpet. Yeah. It's really stupid. Yeah. But I mean, I think he would do. He would encourage them to say, "Do whatever it takes to get that kid on my team." And I would support that 100. percent And it's funny because one of my sons last night leaving basketball practice asked me, "Like the Dolphins going to get Kyler Murray?" And we, wa- I was like, "No, nah, I don't think they're going to be able to get Kyler because like here's what they're here's where they are in the draft." But it, it, I, I did think about the same thing. Like if. They're getting were desperate. to survive number one. Yep. You could potentially, if you were the Dolphins, I mean, it would, what, what would that take for the Dolphins? What would you imagine to get to three? I don't know. It might be, you know, maybe they have to give up their first and mm-hmm. then their next year's first. Um, you know, and maybe some other assets, maybe right. a third as well this year. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It would be, it would be a big deal. Like they would have to come up and basically sacrifice some of these assets that they have in the yep. draft and say, all right, we want to do whatever it takes. I, I, and would I mean, support that. because I think, I think too, there's a, there's a part of me that says, if you think, if your thought process is we want Kyler Murray that you don't even risk it while Arizona's on the clock that you say we're going to go straight to Arizona and get the number one pick if he's our guy let's go get him right Which I, that's why my hunch tells me my gut tells me like I had Arizona sticking with Bosa my gut my gut tells me somebody is going to get desperate whether it's Arizona and they want him that bad they tr- ship off Josh Rosen the Dolphins uh the Raiders right somebody says we love that guy. We're going to take any doubt out of it and not even let him drop a couple spots uh, when he goes there. All right. Welcome back. Canel and Bell hanging out Friday. Uh, Friday. So Raja and I are just totally deflated right now because before the break, we were watching Tiger Woods and he dropped one in the water off the tee box. Ooh. Then he goes over to the drop area, places another one down, almost identical. Another long shot, hits the green, can't hold it, bounces off. Takes another drop from the same exact spot. Finally on. Has to make the putt for a six. Yeah. And it looks like he's probably going to make a quad on the 17th Island uh, green at TPC Sawgrass, which is – you've seen a lot of dudes do it. It's hard to see Tiger do it. And there's definitely – like, he's got to make the cut, right? It's tough. Like, he's going to go from five under to one under. under. And still got a back nine to play. Which is the front nine. So there's some scorable holes. So hopefully he can come back. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that right here on CBS uh, CBS Sports HQ all day long. Nick Foles uh, officially introduced – Talked about the locker room, which I do think is one of the most intriguing and important aspects of any team. Right. It's chemistry within. I do think it'll be interesting because I don't think Nick Foles is a guy who's like the the real rah-rah, rally-around-me guy. But I don't think that matters. I think you still have outstanding chemistry if you're real. Like, just be yourself. That would be my advice to any quarterback. Guys will gravitate towards you if you're just yourself because they will see through a phony any day of the week. Sure. I think actually Nick Foles, um, yeah, that is, it's remarkable how well, like, athletes can read through, like, oh, fake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, clutter. They can see it through it in a heart. Not always known for, like, like, being the smartest guys ever, right? Like, you got your jocks <laughs> and you got your brains and stuff like that, but, but athletes really are. You walk in that locker room on some BS. Yeah. Like, they'll sniff that out. They'll sniff it out in a heartbeat. But anyway, I, I, Nick Foles. Could be the right personality for a team like Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, you're, when you think Jacksonville, you think like Jalen Ramsey, right? You think, you think guys that like are, are out there, like you think about a lot of kind of individual type brands, right? Like right. Leonard Fournette, like. I'll give you one. Blake Bortles, and I like Blake Bortles, but he kind of had this image that he helped promote. Right. Being like partier, 
like kind of dude that just likes to drink beer and hang out, which is great. Like that's yeah. most, that describes most. Well, and they I, asked him once. He said he'd be ripping cigs and exactly. doing something like right, yeah, right. Like, you know, like it just it was kind of like it's too much. I get that might be who you are speaking to it, but if that's who you are, you might want to clean it up for the public persona. Yeah, because uh, you can be that guy in front of your locker room, but for the franchise, when things start going south. People are going to question your work ethic. It's just because if you're portraying this image of I don't give a crap, I just say like whatever. Right. I'm going to drink my beers on the weekend. It's not a good look, and it makes a team easier to cut you. That's why I think they'll get a totally polar opposite. Yep. I think Foles will be the consummate professional with the media, you know, married, settled, all that type of stuff. And I think he'll still do a pretty good job promoting, like being a like just a calming. He'll like have talk a about Jalen Rep. Yeah, yeah. A calming effect. He will. He definitely will. Uh, with NFL free agency, one of the interesting things that happens that occurs is guys get signed to new teams. A lot of guys are attached to their number that they were mm-hmm. on their jersey. And a lot of times, in the case of Earl Thomas, who was signed with the Ravens, you might have somebody that wears your number. So Earl Thomas wears 29, but Marlon Humphrey, also on the Ravens, wears number 29. So it begs the question, well, what happens, right? Earl Thomas is clearly the star player this year. So it was tweeted out, and Marlon Humphrey uh, from the NFL announced the signing, and Marlon Humphrey said, let's get it. Also, what number are you wearing this season talking to Earl Thomas? Because there's go, and he points out, you know, Earl Thomas says 29 right back at him, says, I want my number. Right. Now this will be a negotiation. Okay. Cause that's how everything goes down. Everything can be bought. Everything has a price. Did you ever buy a number? No, I was never involved in it. You were never that attached to a number? I was 19 throughout the the tenure or did you have? No, I was 11. Like when I got to the Sixers, they didn't even ask me what number I wanted. It was in my, it was in my locker and I was so happy to be there that it was great. And then I was 11 in Dallas and I believe, yeah, this is what happened. I got to Utah. So 11 was my number and Sasha Pavlovich, what was his name? And he was, Sasha Pavlovich, maybe, or something like that. the guy like. that dated Anna Corner. No, that was, that's <laughs> Sasha Vujicic. There was oh, another no, no, one. Was he was Anna a first Corner. round pick of the, of the, of the Jazz. He was a rookie. So real talk, they should have given me my number. Right. But I hadn't yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, seniority comes in. I hadn't done a thing. So they kept him in 11. I had to pick another number. I went with 19. So you just rolled with it. And then yeah. you had that. And then did and you? And then I rode 19. And out. then did you ask for 19 everywhere you went? Everywhere I went after that, they just had, cause, so it's weird, right? Yeah. I hadn't done anything. So nobody cared what number I wanted. They right. just give me a number prior to that. Once I had like a, a Do you done have to have a to little take bit it from somebody. No. Right. And so I would have. And you lucked out then. I did. I did. Would you have paid for it? No. Um, how much are we talking? All right. So that's, that's the, yeah. <laughs> <number> <laughs> what we're we talking about. So this, so. When I went to college, I was I was 12 in high school. When I went to college, there was a guy named Matt Fryer. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to pay for college. I wasn't right. going to do anything. Wide receiver, like right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Little white dude. Yeah. He's good. Remember, yeah. So I didn't want to take I didn't want to you know, make any waves. So I took 13 because mm-hmm. it was Marino's number. So I was like, all right, sweet. I like right. 13. It's a good number. Then when I got drafted by the Giants, 13 was open. So I got to continue wearing 13. Got to be a starter in 13. Then when I go to Atlanta, I had been cut by the Giants, go to Atlanta. But I had started 20 games. Mm-hmm. Go to Atlanta, and the backup quarterback there was a guy named Tony Graziani. Uh, he had 13. Right. They gave me seven, which Bro. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, ah. Oh. And it looked different on me because it like made, it, made me look really small because it's <laughs> a little digit. Yeah. So I kept going to Tony. Like, Graziani was a different number in college. Right. Didn't wear 13. Didn't care. Like, You're not, exactly. So right. I was like, and we, we got to be pretty tight. Right. Like, we were pretty good friends. And I was like, hey, man, what are you know, we going to do? He's like, ah, you can buy it. And I'm like, come on, man, we're tight. Like, we're right, boys. He's right. like, no, that's not how it works. So the way I figured it, I was trying to get it for five grand. Right. He wanted to go 25. And Dang. I'm like, there's no way I'm going 25. 25 racks for a number, James? Exactly. So I was like, there's no way it's worth it. So I set some, I set some boundaries. Uh-huh. 10 grand. 
was the number that I put. Now, in my mind, the way that I justified it, which mm. now I look back, I'm like, what an idiotic thing to right. do. It's a stupid number. Like, who cares? I wasn't even the starter. It was for a backup. <laughs> and I played awful when I was there. I wish I could take off 13. Right. I was playing there. <laughs> videos that were out there. In my mind, I had signed. My signing bonus was a million dollars. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, well, I just signed a signing bonus of 990. You know, like I just yeah. subtracted it from that. So I was like, yeah, I'll just take it off at the top. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would have definitely done something like that. It would have probably that was how I justified it in my mind. Which again, it's really stupid. It's a ton of money just for a damn number. I think I would have paid ten grand for my jersey. Yeah. I, I would have done that. And I, we had license and right. checks, so like like twice a year, I think it was, they'd come around and they just drop this check off that everybody got for them using your likeness and, and video games and 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 yeah. jersey sales, and it would be a pretty nice check. So I would have probably rationalized it by like, yeah, all right, I'll just buy it with the license and check. <laughs> right. Yeah, 10 really grand would have been like worth that. it for me. Yeah. And then when I went to Denver, I was given number three and I just shut. I was like, I'm not paying anybody. I was just wearing number three. Right. But I didn't get to switch to 13 because the guy got cut. That yeah. Was that 13. worked out. That always worked out. Um, how much would it cost to get you to compete in the three-point contest in the NBA? You were asked to do it. Did it was it just the the allure of doing it? Or was Yeah. No, I was honored it? to do it. The, right. Like my I first time. Right. I think most people would. So the yeah. reason I ask is that Major League Baseball has a problem with getting the stars all to come to the home run derby at the same time. Right. Seen some guys do it some years, but then some guys are tired. They don't want to do it. They don't want to mess with their swing. So their solution, and this was proposed by us. I think we deserve credit from yes, correct. baseball. Money talks. Correct. So they have offered $1 million to the home run derby winner. And I think yeah. what a lot of people are wondering is for a guy like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, uh, John Carlos Stanton, they all make $300 million, $30 million a year. What's another million dollars? Another million dollars. Exactly. And there is something about the professional athlete mindset. If there is a significant prize on the line, and especially if it's cash. Correct. And not bragging rights. They yeah. want cash. Bro, we're betting on, we're betting on everything. We're betting on three point shots, half court shots, right. betting on like, so you think, yes, a million dollars on the line to hit some home. Money yes. talks. Yes. Now they need to get this into the NBA as well. Cause that would make it like, we said that too. Yeah, NBA the needs to incentivize a dunk competition and stuff like that. You, you still might not get LeBron. But right. you'll get At some pretty, of his you'll get some pretty daggone, yeah, this stage of his career, but right. you'll get some pretty daggone high profile guys out there competing for a million dollars. Next year, it's going to be Zion. He's winning the dunk contest. I'm calling it You're now. You're stamping all of that. I am all, it's all, I'm all, I can't I'm argue with in. that one. I can't I, argue with that going one. going to win it no matter what. Speaking of Zion, tonight they do play against Duke, or excuse me, Duke plays against Carolina. So the rivalry, they're trying to avoid the sweep. All right. We gave out a lock the other day and it was not a good one. So we're going to make up you for it right here. No, we did. We, we as a show, it. we did it. We agree on all these <laughs> things. But we do agree on this one. Yes. Which means Duke. it's absolutely a lock. So Duke is a three-point favorite or three-and-a-half? What's the number? What are we laying? It's, a re it's irrelevant. Three. It's irrelevant. They're really going to blow go them out of the building. Yes, they are. Duke and Zion, they want the number one seed. They've gone 0 for 2 during the regular season. Zion has fresh legs. Coach K is not letting them go out of that building with anything but the W. Yes, a man. Lock. Motivated Zion and Duke. Uh, fat and happy, if you will, North Carolina haven't beaten them twice. It's hard to get young kids to get up for the third time you see a team when you pop them twice. Duke is going to roll North Carolina today. Yeah, take it. Come talk to us Monday. Give us some of your winnings. Also, Florida State over Virginia. Maybe a lock. I don't know. Hey. <laughs>